1: Pressure or tension exerted on a material object is the absolute definition of stress. Last episode, we looked at how we deal with stress from a foundational level. And if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. This lesson plans to expand upon it further. Looking at another famous case study, and coincidentally also another US president, Abraham Lincoln, we have a classic example of someone who was through extreme amounts of stress. As many of the listeners know, Abraham Lincoln suffered so many traumatic events throughout his life. This was marked by repeated losses of those that were very close to him, including his mother when he was only 18. He also lost his sister. Lincoln would also lose 10 of his 12 children. They all died. And he felt so inadequate because of the social upbringing, his education, and many other factors. All of these traumatic events and feelings of inadequacy brought up feelings of stress and deep anxiety. And this can be evidenced by looking at his letters that he wrote. And although we can't do retrospective diagnostic tests to confirm these things, we can speculate. And it looks like he would have suffered something similar to a generalized anxiety disorder. Lincoln's diagnosis doesn't exist at his time, but it does in our time. And stress is all overpowering when you're in the midst of things. But figures like this somehow overcame. Figures like this absolutely made things happen and things started to turn around. I don't know exactly how he did it, but I'll teach you today how we can deal with it. So as I said before, I like to bring up these examples to highlight that someone in a worse situation can overcome. So people like us, ordinary people, just have a chance as well. So back to the definition, stress is tension. Mental tension is, well, mental. We make it up, it's in our mind. We are the only people who can control our individual mentality. So all mental tension or stress is caused by ourselves. Now, of course, there are secondary causes, and these include people and events as well. So in order to overcome, we have to work either on the primary or secondary causes. The primary cause, and this is absolutely paramount, and I would say this is more important, but in the mix of things, When things are absolutely stressful, the secondary cases are so prevalent and are things that we can provide some mental attention to to address. So let's begin here. With the secondary causes of tension, as they're related to external factors, we can simply be strategic in how we structure our lives. As I've talked in the past, setting up routines is imperative, not only so that you can get more done, but so that you can avoid stresses that come your way. Routines to achieve more and be more effective are paramount. Second to that, and as we briefly talked about last episode, setting up boundaries and setting them up with triggers so that you can automatically fire off a trigger so that when something comes your way, you have a triggered anchor, it's set off, and then you're ready to respond. For those who are listening to this episode for the first time, what that would look like is predetermined actions that you've thought about beforehand that you trigger in any situation. So for example, you're sitting at home, you're thinking to yourself, what happens if somebody goes up to me and makes an unreasonable request? Rather than stressing in the moment on how to respond, you could come up with a, a basic 101 universal respond that you could do for virtually any situation. So if you're at work and somebody asks you to do something, you're already swamped and this happens all the time, then you could just have a trigger where you just say, hold on a second, I'll get back to you in five minutes. And then that's your trigger. You go to that all the time. And then in that extra five minutes, you come up with a more strategic way to deal with the situation or whatever works for you. And the next one is finding out what stresses you out and then avoiding the unnecessary causes. Now, this is so simple. It almost goes without saying, but look, a lot of us don't do it. We're just so stuck in our own patterns and situations that we just let these things happen to us. We should be the boss of what happens to us. We shouldn't be the subject of what happens to us. Once you take control, it means that you have responsibility and this is a double-edged sword because all of us lose our victimhood as soon as we take on responsibility and this is a scary step but it is well worth it and if you want to overcome stress, this is where you need to be. So those are the secondary approaches that you can deal. The primary approaches all apply to things we've talked about before and basically It's so foundational that we look at the alpha dude system and that's looking at making you, the dude, looking at yourself, taking away all the layers of crap, the things that have scarred you over the years so that you're not presenting to the world someone fake, that you're presenting yourself. And once you've done that, only once you've done that, subtraction phase, then you use the mathematical personal growth where you use the addition phase and on top of that clean structure you build on upgrades, that is where you come from a pure place. That's where you amplify who you really are. Because face it, if you don't take this approach, you could say, well, I'll read a confidence book. I'm going to get into my mind. I'm going to set up some NLP change technology techniques. I'm going to make myself feel more confident. I'm going to act more confident. Things are going to work out. But all you're left with is an amplified version of who you are right now. So clear away the crap and then build on the confidence. And in this, you work on the primary modality of yourself. And from there, you can really bring these things up to the next level. The next part is looking at emotional alchemy. And we've discussed this specifically in past episodes. But just to recap, we have a stress response The stress response essentially is when you get the two emotions, the primary emotions of anticipation and fear. Put those together and you get stress. Now, a lot of people try and work on their emotional states by charging themselves up to hype themselves up, and this may work. But if you can look at this as a formula, then you can be intentional and get the exact results you want. Consider it like cooking a cake. If you miss one ingredient out, it tastes completely different. So if you know what the ingredients are, then you can put it in the right order and you can get the right result. So the stress response, as I said, anticipation and fear. Replace fear to excitement and suddenly the mood changes. You have this new emotion and this is based on the same neurochemicals. Consider the person who is pacing and sweating and moving around and they look agitated. Looking at them at face value, many people will say, that guy is absolutely stressed. But you could also look at the same guy who's won the lottery and he is acting exactly the same way. So this infers that many of the hormonal chemicals are exactly the same and they're displaying in the way that they present themselves. So all we have to do is tweak a couple of things in our mental approach, and we can utilize the neurochemicals for us. Next on the primary response is the time and place. There is always a time and a place. There's always a season for things, and there is a time and a place to focus on the stresses. As far as the stresses are concerned, if you take a time and place out to focus on them, then you will make it so that you're not stressed by them during the whole day. Now, this takes discipline and practice. And what this looks like practically is if you have a stressful situation, rather than say to yourself, okay, I'm going to stress over this and ruminate over it and be frustrated, you say, okay, I have this issue. I am going to spend half an hour between 6 and 6.30 tonight thinking about it. And you actually sit down with a pen and paper or whatever time and you go through and give it the attention it deserves. The first couple of days you do this is ridiculous. It just it feels fake. It feels weird. Your mind keeps coming back to it. But after a few days, something really interesting starts to happen. You start to trust yourself. Your mind believes what you say. What you think is what you say is what you do and you have an integrity cycle. And this level of trust that you build within yourself is so paramount so that you can deal with anything that comes your way, including stress. So setting up a time and a place for this will take a little while. If you do it initially, you'll feel that stress response, you'll feel weird, you'll you'll feel strange saying that, hey, at six o'clock tonight, I'm gonna deal with it. But guess what? Give it a few days and you'll notice that you're able to honor yourself, that you're able to realize whatever is going on will have the time to be dealt with later. And in putting it in the right place, it doesn't take all your conscious attention and this makes so many differences in your life. You won't believe it. Try it out. And next is looking at psychology or NLP change techniques to deal with the way we think about things. So if you were to think about something that's stressing you out, let's say it's a work situation, a coworker, worker or something like that, chances are if you think about that person, they are usually quite big in your mind's eye. If you think about them right now, if it's safe to do so, close your eyes and just see that person. And chances are they're not a little speck of dust across the room. They are right up pretty close to you maybe up even in your face. So let's just play with that. Now imagine if you get that picture and you bring it up even closer to you, can you feel the more intensity that's associated with it? Once you feel that intensity, allow it to back off. Slowly allow it to move further away. And if you have problems with this, either walk back away from the picture in your mind's eye or make them walk away from you, whatever it takes. Just make it so they're further and further away in the distance until they're so far away, you can only just make out where they are. Chances are, from this perspective, the intensity is much less. Now, using this basic, brief bit of knowledge, you can implement this in so many ways, and you already know what to do with it. If you're in a stressful situation and you have the picture of the person and they're really close up and they're stressing you out, just push it away. Make it so it's less intense. And when it's less intense, then you can take some time for yourself to deal with things in the right way. Finally, we have distraction. Now, this is slightly different. So we've had the primary source where we focus on ourselves and how we deal with stresses from our own perspective. We have the secondary sources by dealing with actual things outside of ourselves And distraction is exactly what it sounds like. It distracts us from what's happening. And this is most prevalent if you look up what is a stress reduction technique or how to cure stress on on YouTube or Google. It'll come up with these life hacks and it'll say, you know, colour in, spend time with friends, do meditating, do some laughing, watch some comedy series, whatever it is. It's all designed to distract you. And this has an absolute great utility, but it's not the be all and end all. Once you can get away from that situation, it allows you to deal with things and come back with it with a fresh perspective. But that's only if you choose to do so and if what you bring to it when you do come back to it. So if you use anything like distraction, be distracted, get away from the stress, and when you come back to it, Make sure you utilize some sort of change technique, whether it's the primary work that we've been talking about or the secondary work, but something has to change. Otherwise, it's just going to distract you and the problem is still going to be there. So I hope this has helped. I hope that the stress levels that you feel will start to diminish. It is something that does deserve attention and will take time. So if you have any questions, let me know at michaelpulser at gmail.com. Once you overcome stress, you have not made. Make it your slave, not your slave master, because in effect, stress can help you accomplish tasks more effectively and can even boost your memory. Stress then can be utilized as a vital warning system, producing the flight or fight response to real life emergencies. And once you understand this, then you can move beyond coping and onto thriving. And this is where we meet our next guest, Trevor Oldman, who at 22 years old has built up his own online business and has not let stress get in his way. Hello,
0: my name is Trevor Oldham. I'm a 22-year-old entrepreneur who's the founder of Podcasting You. Podcasting You is a done-for-you podcast booking service that allows you to get booked on the top podcasts in your industry. But that is not what I'm here to talk about. Like I mentioned in my intro, I am 22 years old and I've been able to build a business while going to college that has allowed me to progress full time into my business once I graduated college, which happened about 10 weeks ago. I'm going to take you through a little bit of my timeline as an entrepreneur so you can get a full background before I go into the tips that I have for you to achieve success at any age. Growing up, I was always told to get a job. That's the main reason. You know, you go through high school, you go through college, and then you get a job. Well, for me, that started in, in high school. I had been working at this local sporting goods store for about three months when we got a performance review. When we got the performance review, I got a seven-cent raise. So making instead of making $7 an hour, I made $7.07 an hour. Phenomenal, right? That's going to really break the bank. So it was at that point that I was like, I have to do something different. This isn't gonna work out. What I ended up doing is I found a book on Amazon. I can't remember the exact title of it, but in a nutshell, it was the differences between the lower class, the middle class, and the upper class. What was mentioned with the upper class is that the majority of them, I believe 80 or 90% of them have their own business. And thinking back, I can remember times where I would go door-to-door lemonade selling, buying and selling baseball cards, I clothing that was popular at the time, trying to mow people's lawns, anything I could really do to make a quick buck when I was younger. I was like, hey, I've had these inklings before of starting my own business. You know, what can I do? And I, somehow, someway, I came across the site, Alibaba. And Alibaba, if you don't know what it is, you can import products from China that are relatively cheap. What I did is I imported these 50 phone cases from China and ended up selling them on eBay. I believe I bought the phone cases fifty phone cases for I believe eighty four dollars, which included shipping. So a little less than a dollar and a half per phone case, or a little bit more I should say than a dollar and a half per phone case. And I would sell them for nine or ten dollars on eBay. Unbeknownst to me, these phone cases were knockoffs. So learned a valuable lesson. Couldn't sell these phone cases. Didn't want to sell these phone cases. So first sort first sort of failure as an entrepreneur. Then from there, I decided I wanted to import other products, but I didn't want them to be name brand. I wanted them to have no name associated with them. I imported these watches and bracelets from AliExpress, which is the same sort of company as Alibaba, where Alibaba, you have to order in quantities of 50, where AliExpress, you can order in quantities of one. So Alibaba, you can order in quantities of 50, AliExpress, you can order in quantities of one. So that helps you simulate the differences from there. So it was a lot less risk. So I would buy these bracelets for less than a dollar, buy these watches for less than $2, retail the bracelets at $18.99, retail these watches at $22.99, and you can go on Instagram and you can check out the company to see what it looked like. It was called Trevor James Products. I'm no longer currently running the company, but you can see sort of products that I had been importing and selling through my college dorm room. And over time, I realized that there's a lot of students in college who don't have the knack for starting a business, and who aren't really motivated. So this is when I ended up starting a company called Become the Lion with a business partner, and this was in conjunction with Trevor James Products. And over time, as Become the Lion started to grow, I just didn't feel good with Trevor James Products. And the reason being is that, I on one hand, I was importing these bracelets from China, who I knew people probably weren't making them, weren't that great, probably weren't getting a livable wage, I should say. And on the other hand, I'm donating to these charities. It just didn't feel good to me. So I knew I just wanted to end up closing shop with that business. I tried doing t-shirts for a little while, but it was just something that I just wasn't entirely passionate about. With Become Aligned, I developed this massive following within the first two years. We had developed over 600,000 social media followers across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We had written a book called The Daily Lion. We had come out with courses. We had come out with shirts. Long story short is I put my heart and soul to this company for over two and a half years. Never took a dime out of the company. And what happened was is because the company was motivational, people don't buy from you necessarily. And the reason I say that is you can get motivational content pretty much anywhere anywhere on the internet so it's easy to get followers and likes and shares and comments but when it comes down to selling products it's not a good business model and I knew I have put so much work into this company and I've never made a dime from it I gotta be doing something that's gonna allow me to make income if I'm gonna be able to not want to work those jobs I described earlier in the podcast that are minimum wage working at a retail store something that's just not fulfilling for me And what I ended up doing is once I left become the line with my with the partner is I started freelancing. And I started freelancing in August, and I had left the company in June. And I have to say the period between June 2017 and December 2017 had to be the hardest period in my life, I went from having this business all the time, being 100% focused on it, to not having a purpose, not having a passion anymore. And I became super depressed during that time period. But I'll go through how I was able to overcome it. And that started in August. when I was like, I have these talents. And what I was looking for was jobs for freelancing on blogging and podcasts. And with those jobs, I went on a site called Upwork. And I've got a couple, I believe in the first August and September, I had one or two clients just Kept it like that. I didn't really put myself out there anymore, and then came in December. I came across a real estate investor who wanted to be booked on podcasts. I was like, "Hey, I booked myself on shows, and I booked clients for my own podcast. Why not work with her?" So I ended up working with her, getting her booked on over a hundred shows, refining the process, and over the course of the next couple of months, I ended up taking on a few more clients. I never expected it to be something. As big as it was going to become, so this was the end of my junior year of college, and going in, I ended up working an internship that following summer, trying to get that experience that everyone wants you to get. Doing my business half, you know, I don't want to say half heartedly, but still running it. And to give you perspective on the numbers, we did fifteen thousand revenue last year within the business, so it was good. I don't want to say great, enough to not have to get a job that following school year. college I did end up getting an internship I should say with a commercial real estate investing company and that was more so I could learn about the business which proved to be very beneficial Uh, so I was actually happy I took that but while I was running the business I was in the mindset that I would just always just run it part-time and once I got out of school I would just get a job and I was perfectly seemed okay in my mind I'm not sure why I think it just has to be societal norms you know you have your friends getting jobs, parents wanted you to get a job, professors, just, and it's almost like you get this push on you of having to go out there and get a job. So that's what I did. Come in January of 2018, 2019, I should say, this past January, I knew it wasn't a year ago, got a job with a startup, had been running my business full-time, oh no, I shouldn't say full-time, running my business part-time with the hopes of putting it into full-time Hope is a strong word because hope's not going to get you anywhere. So I was making myself too comfortable working at this startup. Thought I was just going to work out that when I graduated. Long story short, the startup, the product that we were creating ended up getting pushed off a lot further than anticipated. And now I couldn't make a salary. And this was, I would say, two, three days before I graduated college, I found out this news when the job market dried up. Started applying to jobs when an interviewer's got nothing. So I said in a nice way, I'm not going to let these people tell me what I can and can't do when I'm going into these interviews. And I know that I'm smarter than 90% of these people that are interviewing me. And I'm not going to let people tell me that I have to go outside of college and get a job when I can see how entrepreneurship is going to allow you to live the best life that you can get. I can create an untapped income. I'm not going to be subjective to a salary on my head, no matter if I work this much or if I work this little, this is how much I'm going to make. And with that mindset, I decided to push myself as hard as I possibly could. And that's why in June, I pushed myself as hard as I possibly could within my business. And that means coming in July, we're on pace to have our best month we're ever going to have as a business. We've taken on more clients than what is possible. Earned more clients we've ever had beforehand not as what is possible more clients than we've ever had beforehand and what I learned with that is sometimes you have to stop letting others dictate how you're going to live your life and I knew in my head that all along I wanted to do this podcasting business but I was trying to appease others I was trying to tell them trying to let them tell me how I should live my life which is going out there and getting a job when I do a hundred percent, that is not what I wanted to do. I love podcasting. I love being able to interact with these different people I meet in the podcasting world. And I can just see going into these interviews, how much these people despise the job that they are doing. They just look dead inside. I was like, do I want to do that? I'm 22 right now. and I picture 60, 33 years, 38 years down the road. That in my mind doesn't seem like a whole lot of time. So I knew I had to do everything I could in my business that was going to allow me to become successful. And I'm happy to say that to, this th- that to this day, which I should say right now, I can go full-time in my business and not have to worry about getting a job. And while that may sound super easy to do, it never was that way. I had to fail in all of those businesses that I mentioned. I worked for almost four and a half years Day in and day out in the different businesses that I had started and failed. Every single step along the way, there was a failure that led me to creating a successful business. These different industries that I had to try out. I can give you an example. With Trevor James product, I bought $900 worth of t-shirts that didn't fit my customers. I contacted the screen printing company. They couldn't do anything. I contacted the shirt manufacturer. They couldn't do anything. I had to grab the apparel book, which is like 500 pages and learn every single thing I could about t-shirts. When it came to podcasting, I had to learn every single thing I could about podcasting. No matter what industry you're in, you have to learn every single thing that you possibly can. And if you don't, people are going to surpass you. Find others who are achieving what you want to achieve and see how they're doing it. Because if there's someone out there who's doing what, what, that, what you want to achieve, that means you can achieve it as well. I want to say i never had this mindset. I hated reading books in high school. I hated going to Barnes and Nobles podcasts. Why would I ever want to listen to those? Why would I ever want personal development? And what really got me started was reading books. And when I was attending my freshman year in college, I delved into books. Over the course of my first year, I read over 35 books that allowed me to get that mindset of an entrepreneur. And yes, it faltered along the way when I had that six-month absence of a business between June of 2017 and December of 2017 and being depressed. But I know that if I kept reading these books, I was going to be able to get myself out of my hole. And that's exactly what I was able to accomplish. And I don't care if you say you don't want to read books. Well, you're going to have to if you want to become successful. It's as simple as that. If you want to become successful, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Listen to books on Audible. Listen to podcasts. Buy CDs. I've bought a Tony Robbins CD, "The Power Unleash the Power Within. It was $20 on eBay. I got seven CDs. I believe each CD has an hour's worth of information. That's seven hours, and I can just keep listening to it over and over and over and over again. This is what you have to do to become successful. Along with books, I developed into a morning routine. I used to be someone that would wake up at 10.30 in the morning, get out of bed, and I was out for the day, look at my phone, just do things that weren't going to be productive. I used to think that it was okay just getting to bed with my bed being unmade at the end of the night. That's not how you want to be. You think a successful person leaves their bed unmade. Of course they don't. When it comes to the morning routine, you're going to want to get up early. I'm not saying you have to get up at 2 in the morning, but you have to get it up between the hours and 5 and 6 every single day if you want to become successful. When you might think you want to be a night owl, I guarantee you when you wake up at a night owl at 9 or 10 in the morning, you're going to be hit from tasks that you didn't even expect when you went to bed the night before. Along with my morning routine, I do a combination of yoga stretching, meditation, journaling, and then reading books. And then I also take a cold shower. But I want to touch on journaling. When it comes to journaling, you want to write down what you want to get accomplished that day. And then the next day, you want to review it to see what you actually were able to get accomplished. Because a lot of the times I'm someone who does it myself, where I write down these goals, I'll have a to-do list of 10 different items. And I'll be lucky if I get down, done with two, because they take so much time. And with that, you want to make sure that you don't stress yourself out so much by planning so much to do when you're starting out, starting a business. It can be as simple as reading a book a day and taking an online course. And that's exactly how I got started, reading books and taking online courses. You can buy courses on Udemy. I believe at certain times I buy my courses for $10 and you can learn so much information And you just want to keep learning and learning and learning. And it can be overwhelming at first, but it's going to allow you to become more knowledgeable and better in your industry. And I wanted to touch on cold showers with cold showers. This isn't something that I was ever accustomed to. I read it in a book. I can't recall which book, but that was something that was crazy to me. But then I started to do some research and I saw all these benefits out there on cold showers. You can search cold shower benefits on Google, see them all for yourself I don't want to list them off and waste too much of your time listing off all the benefits when that's something that you could go off and read on yourself. I don't want to say I started the shower cold and hopped right in and I was good. No, it wasn't that easy. I bought a timer on Amazon. I put the timer in my shower and I would do two and a half minutes on warm, 30 seconds on cold and be done. And then over the course of a month, I was able to make sure that the shower would be 100% cold. And this allows you to become mentally tougher. You know how many days I wake up and I just want to take a warm shower, but I don't? Because I know if I get that one little ounce of comfort from taking a warm shower, then I might say, hey, you know, let me do the next day warm and the next day warm. And I look six months down the road and I am no longer taking a cold shower. And I ruined any progress that I have made. With cold showers, it's something I learned is you have to complete the process every single day. If I took two or three days off, for whatever reason, if I was busy, and I came back, it would be significantly hard to get back into cold showering. It is something that you have to do every single day, whether you want to or not. And this is what happens with success. You have to push yourself. With pushing yourself, means getting out of your comfort zone. Taking cold showers is not uncomfortable. Reading books for 30 minutes or an hour, hour every day when you could be watching Netflix is not uncomfortable. Going to the gym when you could be lounging around after work isn't comfortable. Getting up early when you could be sleeping in isn't comfortable. But what isn't comfortable is what's going to allow you to become successful. It's what allowed me to build my business to the way it was. Stop listening to others and believe in yourself. Believe who you are. Because at the end of the day, you're the only person who knows what success means for you. You shouldn't allow others to dictate what you're going to do. And that is one of the hardest lessons I learned as an entrepreneur is that when you talk to 99% of the population, these are going to be people who work for someone else and they don't have any experience being an entrepreneur. And they like that steady paycheck coming in. And if that's you, that's great. But I never wanted to live a life where I am dependent on someone else. I wanted to be a hundred percent dependent on myself. And I know that is entirely possible for you. And I know that within four to five years you can change your life and that might seem like a long time period but let's say you're 30 you're 45 and you grind for five years and at the end of the five years you have the next 10 20 30 years of your life set up is it worth it of course it's going to be and that's what most people don't see they want to start these easy businesses they want to catch the hot new trend you can take, for example, drop shipping. A lot of people want to start these drop shipping businesses and become successful. But do you really love drop shipping? Or are you just trying to do it to make money? When it came to podcasting, I had started my own podcast in 2015. And it was over the course of five years I really developed my business. It wasn't something that happened overnight, it wasn't something that I wanted to make money on. It was something that I could see how beneficial it was for myself and to my clients. And then it wasn't until I finally listened to myself and went all in. So when you want to achieve success at any age, I believe you have to listen to yourself and be willing to go all in, coupled with the right habits of having a morning routine, reading books, and listening to cold showers is what's going to allow you to become successful in your life. My name is Trevor Oldham, and I'm the founder at Podcasting You. I wish you the best on your journey to success. Signing off.